hello and welcome to our podcast here at Discovery Point Church. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message inspires you and is the beginning of a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Um, before we get started, though, I wanted to give like a bit of a preface to this message. Um, and most of y'all know this about me, but I'm just like a normal dude, right? Uh, I'm a normal dude who happens to be a pastor, and that's a blessing for me to get to do. Uh, but sometimes in this line of work, if you will, we got to talk about things that we're trying to work on. You know what I'm saying? We're trying to, to, to get better in certain areas of our life. And there are some things we talk about that, to be honest with you, and I know my dad and Pastor Rod and Ron would tell you, we don't have all the answers to. <laughs> and I don't know if that freaks you out because this is the person you're like listening to. Um, but, but I just say that to say like, Tonight, this message for me is like a combination of all of those things, which is exciting for me. It's also challenging. Um, but I just, I say all that to say, like, there are no professional Christians, right? Just because I'm up here with the microphone doesn't make me a professional Christian. I'm a normal dude. I like watching the suns. I'm not very good at golf. And I'm just, you know what I mean? I like to follow Jesus and, and try to be more like him every day. So just as this message comes tonight, know that it's coming from somebody who is, uh, just like you, and just trying to get this thing figured out and learn more about Jesus and become more like him. That sound good? I don't know why I felt like I needed to say that today, but I did. Uh, so there you have it. And, and tonight, uh, really, what I want to talk about is, and this is, you'll understand what I mean when I say I don't have all the answers to this. I want to talk about us human beings here living on this earth, but living with an eternal perspective living with an eternal perspective, thinking about our lives, the things that we do, the things that we say, the way that we act, the things that we value, looking at them through a heavenly lens, if you will. Because we can be honest, us as humans, we get caught up with this life, right? And I've been listening to a lot of Switchfoot lately, so this, this message might be a little deeper than y'all are used to, but this is what it's got me thinking. That we, we think so much about this life as if we forget what's coming to us. We forget about our inheritance. You know what I'm saying? And as they say, like, we're just passing through, right? The Bible says our life's like a vapor. We're here today and gone tomorrow. And our, our eternal home is where we're going to get to party it up forever, right? And there is no sorrow. There is no depression. There is no anxiety. There is no more death or pain or tears. Like, it is going to be amazing. And it's hard for us to comprehend that right now, right? When we look at the world, we look at our lives, it's, it's hard to comprehend, um, but I want us to take a look at a, at a story tonight uh, and get some help from Jesus on how we can do that. Sound good? Okay, so to do that, we're going to be in the book of Mark, chapter 10. And the story that we're going to read is verses, it's found in verses 17 through 22. And this is how the story goes. Verse 17, as Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down, and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and your mother. Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all of these commandments since I was young. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There is still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions 
and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. At this the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. So that's the story we're going to look at tonight. And uh, the title of this little talk is called Flowers for Crowns. Flowers for Crowns. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. And God, we we thank you. We thank you that you loved us first. Because we can only say we love you because you loved us first. God, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your goodness and your kindness, God, that God, that you would just pour out onto us as we sang your grace so free. God, you wash us over with it. And God, I thank you for that. God, I thank you for the moments that we get to share tonight, the moments that we get to spend in worship, for the moments that we get to spend in your word. Father, may they be glorifying to you. God, I ask that you help us to get out of our own way. Anything we have going on in our life, God, I ask that you help us to give us the grace to set it to the side. Speak to us tonight, Lord. You have all of us. We will hold nothing back. God, I pray for everybody in this room that by your spirit, we would walk out of here differently than we walked in. God, I pray for myself as I know I cannot do this without you. And if I try, I'm going to crash and burn, Lord. So I just surrender this whole thing to you. And I abide in you as you abide in me. When words fill me, may you speak. May you speak, Lord, and do what you will through me. I'm just your vessel, and I, I'm just I'm grateful that I get to do this. And God, I also pray that we just have a lot of fun tonight and laugh a lot and enjoy your word and enjoy this time together. God, we love you, and we thank you, and we ask this in your precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's, let's break this story down that we find here in the book of Mark. We have Jesus, and he's on his way to Jerusalem. And as he's on his way, a man ran up to him and stopped him. And, and the man knelt down in front of Jesus, and he asked him one of, if not the, most important question in the history of mankind, right? He says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, this whole good teacher thing and Jesus' response to that, that's a message for another time. We'll let uh, Pastor Ron handle that one probably. But for tonight, the only thing that we need to take away from that for our purposes is that this guy did not think Jesus was just some ordinary dude. This guy did not think Jesus was just like everybody else. That's why he runs to him. That's why he falls on his knees and asks him this question. And you see, we, we, we know some things about this man. We know some things about this man because the story is recorded in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the synoptic gospels. And, and we take away from all of those stories and, and we find out that this man is, is young and, and he's got a lot of money. And he's got a lot of power. Maybe if you read the story in your Bible, the little title might have said the rich young ruler. Right? So that's who this man is. And, and this man, we find him, the rich young ruler, on his knees at the feet of Jesus. And he asks him, how do I obtain eternal life? And Jesus answers the question with saying, well, you know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not commit adultery. Do not defraud anybody. Honor your father and honor your mother. And it's interesting that Jesus answered this question, and it was as if the answer didn't really meet the guy's standards, right? It's as if the answer wasn't good enough for this man, because he's like, Jesus, no, I know about the commandments, dude, all right? Like, I know about them. Ever since I was young, I've kept them. 
ever since I was old enough to understand what they were and what I was supposed to do, like, I understand the commandments. Jesus, how do I obtain eternal life? It's as if that answer wasn't good enough. It was as if that man was searching for something else, as if he was searching for more. Like, Jesus, I got the commandments down, but this can't be all there is, right? This can't be all there is. Jesus, what, what am I missing? He's recorded this man in the book of Matthew by asking Jesus, what, what am I lacking? I know I'm missing something. What, what am I lacking? And Jesus' response here is, is very interesting. Because first of all, this man just said, I've kept all these commandments since I'm, I was young. And Jesus doesn't say, good job. <laughs> Y'all notice that? Jesus doesn't give him an attaboy or dap him up and be like, good job, dude. Right? Now, I'm sure this man was at, he had some esteem and notoriety from being such a moral person, but it's really hard to impress God. Right? It's really hard to impress God. And I want to just remind you of that tonight, that God is not impressed with how good you can be. Right? He's not impressed with how good you can be or how well you can serve him. Is he proud of you for that? Absolutely. Does he love you any more for that? No. Because God's love doesn't depend on us. It depends on him. And his love is unconditional. His love is outstanding. It's, you can't fathom it. And it's beautiful because even when we do make mistakes, the same rule applies that God doesn't love us any less. He doesn't love us any less. And I wanted to remind you for that and say, you don't have to try to impress God, right? Just walk with him, let him love you and love him back. And it'll be a lot more fun. You know what I'm saying? It'll be a lot more fun. So, so Jesus, this man says this and Jesus is not impressed. And instead, the Bible says that, that Jesus looked at him. And, and I want to explain something here about this verse because the word looked here in the original language doesn't just simply mean to look. It was so much deeper than that. The word here actually means to look with discernment, to look with meaning, to look with care. Jesus was looking into the depths of this man's soul, and he saw him. He didn't just look at him, he saw him. And I want you to know, when you hear, you hear somebody say, God sees you, this is what we mean. That God really sees you. And he looks at you with intention and with care and with discernment and with passion and love in his eyes. He doesn't look at you the same way we look at a tree as we drive past it in the car. Maybe cactus, because we're in AZ. We don't got that many trees. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Didn't think about that. But he doesn't look at us like that. It, it's, it's like an artist looking at a beautiful painting. Looks at it with care and intention and appreciation. Because you see, we are God's masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. And he created you, and he looks at you, and he's like, Whew, I did my thing. Right. He, he, he looks at us and he sees us. Jesus is looking at this man in that way. And the Bible says that Jesus felt genuine love for him. And Jesus says to the man, young man, you you are lacking something. There's one thing that you have yet to do. He tells the man to go and sell all that he has and give his money to the poor. He says, you'll receive treasures in heaven. After you do that, come and follow me. This is where the story gets sad. This is where the story gets sad. Upon hearing that, the man, his, his, his face fell to the ground. And he stood up and he walked home full of sadness because he had many possessions. This story, isn't that fascinating? This story is fascinating to me. And 
if, if I'm correct, it's, it's one of the few times in the Bible that somebody came to Jesus for something and leaves completely disappointed. Right? It's one of the few times you see people leaving Jesus, somebody leaving Jesus disappointed. And that's fascinating to me because at the beginning of the story, this man is the exact opposite of that, right? He's excited. He's sprinting. He's got this question and he knows somebody has the answer to it. And he takes off to Jesus. And then you get to the end of the story and his disposition could not be any different than it was in the beginning, right? Now he's full of sadness and disappointment. His hope has been crushed. His heart has been broken. He's left unfulfilled, which, my friends, in the long run, is always what you will find when you choose something else over Jesus. Makes me think of my man C.S. Lewis, who said, human history is the long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God that will make them happy. This man who once was so excited, he leaves so disappointed. And my friends, I want you to see something tonight, and I want you to know something tonight. That this man was not feeling this way because he had a lot of things. He was not feeling this way because of his great wealth. The wealth was never the problem. No, the reason this man is feeling this way is because he gave his heart to something it was never meant to belong to. He gave his heart to his money, to his power, to the things of this world, instead of giving it to Jesus. He gave his heart to the world instead of Jesus, and it left him disappointed and heartbroken. And this man, it's crazy because he ran after Jesus, right? Which tells me this, this question was burning inside of him that this thing was keeping him up at night, pondering the things about eternal life. And when he thought he had the chance to get an answer, he ran after it. But he couldn't see the forest for the trees. And he didn't understand that everything his soul was longing for was found in the man whose feet he was kneeling at. He, he couldn't see the forest for the trees. And this man, he, he wanted so desperately to have eternal life. And he missed it because it was found in things that he didn't think it was found in. It was found in the person of Jesus because, you see, life is only found in Jesus. Salvation, it's only found in Jesus. There is no other name under heaven in which we must be saved but Jesus. This man wanted eternal life, but he didn't understand that eternal life requires your heart. And Paul tells us in Romans that you must confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your your heart that he was raised from the dead and you will be saved. You see, this man, he, he wanted eternal life so bad. He wanted it so bad, but he wasn't willing to do what it took to get his heart back to get eternal life. He wasn't willing to do it. And, and so there he goes back home with a broken heart. He chose the things that he knew. He chose the things that comforted him. He chose the things that he loved over following Jesus. So there he goes back to everything that he knew, everything that was comfortable. But you see, he also went back to his questions. He also had to go back to his uncertainty. He also had to go back to the things that kept him up at night. He went back with an empty soul. And man, us as humans, we know what that feels like, right? We know what that feels like to be empty. We know what that feels like to have a longing in our soul that this world just can't seem to fill. But my friends, I have good news for you tonight. And that's good news with capital letters. 
that there is an answer to the longing in your soul, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus, and and 2,000 years ago, he walked this earth, and he was fully God, and he was fully man. He was the full embodiment of God in the flesh, and he walked this earth without sin, walked this world without sin, so that one day he could sacrifice himself and take away the sins of the world. And that's what he did. He gave himself up, and he died on a cross for you. And he saved us, and he saved us, and he hung on the cross, man, and they they took his lifeless body down, and they put him in a tomb, and they rolled the stone in front of it. Three days later, they rolled that stone away, and there was nobody in there. But the tomb was empty because Jesus had done what he said he was going to do. And he conquered death. He conquered the grave. He freed us. And he now offers us everything that our soul could ever long for. Because you see, Jesus is the bread of life. Whoever comes to him will hunger no more. Whoever comes to him will thirst no more. Whoever comes to him will lack nothing. Because he is everything we could ever need. Always all found in Jesus. My friends, may we take a lesson. May we learn a lesson from the young man in the story tonight. And may we never give our hearts to anything but Jesus, because everything else will let us down. May we never give our hearts to anything but Jesus, because our hearts are what he longs for. Our hearts belong to him. We were bought with a price. Anything other than Jesus, you're settling for less. You're settling for less. You're settling to not be as happy, to not be as joyful. Man, why on earth, why on earth do we give our hearts away? To anything but Jesus because it's what they long for Jesus he he did what he did he died and rose again went through all the suffering all the pain not so that he could have our sacrifices but so he could have our heart because you see we were created for relationship but more than that we long for intimacy We long for intimacy. We long to be in connection with the one who created us. That's why Jesus did what he did. He suffered and died so he could have us. My friends, may we give him all of us. May we give him all of us, not just part of us, not just the things that we're comfortable with giving him. May we give him all of us. May we hold nothing back from Jesus. For he said, whoever holds on to their life will lose it. But he who gives me their life, he who offers their life for me in the gospel will find it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? There's nothing worth more than your soul. What's it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? I I think about the great missionary and martyr, Jim Elliott. And I'm so thankful for my dad because he instilled these words words in me when I was young. Jim Elliott said he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. My friends, what has your heart? Things that will one day fade away, things that that moths and rust will at one time destroy. Or have you given your heart to Jesus? Have you given your heart to the one who will never let you down, who will never leave you nor forsake you, the one who loves you more than you could possibly imagine? 
There are people in this room tonight, two kinds. Some of us, well, maybe three times, three kinds. Some of us who have never given our heart to Jesus. And I am begging you, no longer hold back from him. No longer hold back from him. The life you long to live is in him. The satisfaction you're looking for is in him. And it's the greatest journey you'll ever go on. There are some of us in this room tonight who we've, we've given our hearts to Jesus. But we've taken them back. Because maybe it wasn't what we thought it was. Maybe times got hard. Maybe times got rough. And we thought, God, when I came to you and I gave you my heart, I thought it was going to be sunshine and rainbows. Jesus never promised that. He never promised that. What he said, come to me and I will give you rest. He said, take heart. I've overcome the world. I will get you through all of these things. And I'm going to do it according to my will, according to my glory. And maybe there's some of us tonight who we do feel like Jesus has had our hearts. But the enemy has been messing with your head saying, no, there's more. No, there's more. This is not enough. Let me just tell you this, because this is kind of where I feel like I fit. You are good enough. God is proud of you. You have Jesus. He has you. Just live right there. You know what I'm saying? Don't speed up and try to get ahead of it. Don't, don't think you're too behind. The enemy has this way of just twisting the way we think, thinking we've got it all wrong. But it's a simple gospel. Don't ever forget that. But wherever you are, man, I'm t- the answer is the same. Give your heart to Jesus. Let him hold it. And he'll never let you down. And here is the most wonderful, mind-blowing thing ever. And I told you there's stuff about this I don't understand. This part is it. When Jesus has your soul, you will always long for more. Your soul will always want more, but not from a posture of lacking, but just you can't get enough of them. Right. You just can't get enough of them. And you want more and you want more and you more. And the beautiful thing is there's always more about Jesus to learn. There's always more about Jesus to experience. There's I mean, we get he set up eternity to do that. Right. Forever is a long time, dude. Like and we get to go on forever praising him and glorifying him and and just being in awe of who he is, his beauty and his wonder. Man, that's that's crazy. But that's the truth. And it's incredible. And it's incredible. So, man, wherever you are on that spectrum of people. Give your heart to Jesus. And if he already has it, understand that that's enough, right? And rest in that. Let his love wash over you and teach you that. That's where I'm at right now. Just not stop trying to do too much. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, just relax, bro. That's what God told me today. Um, but, yeah, so that, that's what we got. And, and as, as we kind of just wrap it up here, um, this message is, is titled Flowers for Crowns which you're probably wondering why, because I don't think I've said either of those words since I told you that's what it was called. Um, but this is, this is kind of wild. Um, last time that I got to speak, I talked about small moments in our life that you get to look back on and see that God started something or did something, and then you're here today, and you look back, and you're like, oh, my gosh, God, that was crazy. Two years ago, two Christmases ago, right, Three Christmases ago, I was married. That's all I know. I was in my wife's closet in Mississippi, and I picked up a book, and I asked her if I could have it, and she said, I don't know what that is, and so I took that as yes, uh, and so I stole it out of my wife's closet. Uh, earlier this week, I was praying through 
was getting real spiritual, asking God what I should talk about. And I woke up and he said, read that book. And I said, okay. And so I started reading it. And um, it's a book of sermons and picked a sermon. I started reading it. And I got to the end of a sermon and there was a poem in there that has completely changed my life. And the poem is what inspired this this message tonight and kind of brought all this about it. And the poem is called Obedience by George MacDonald. And I'm going to read it for you in a moment. Um, so, and, and I didn't write this poem, right? So I can just give you my interpretation of it. But, but in this poem, it, it seems that MacDonald is, is trying to describe man's struggle with living life with an eternal perspective. And because we struggle with that, we often choose the wrong things and pursue the wrong things, right? And, and, and in this story, there's, there's this guy who he wants to go out to the field and walk in the field because there's flowers there. But God doesn't want him to do that. But, but the man insists, I, I want to go out to where the flowers are. And, and as I read that, I, I kind of interpret the flowers as the things of this world. Or, or, or maybe even a faith that is, a faith that is like not intense, a, a faith that is not risk-taking, a faith that is kind of safe and comfortable. And we were not made for either of those. And so the man, he wants to go in, in the flowers, and, and, and even Isaiah 40 says that, that one day the grass will wither and the flowers will fade. The man wanted to go for something that was not going to last forever. He wanted to go to the fields, but God, you see, God wanted him to go to the town. And the town was filled with people who needed to hear the gospel. And God's heart, because he has an eternal perspective, was breaking for these people. And it's the story of this struggle, and, and they have this little conversation, and it gets to the point where, where God eventually asks this man, will you trade the flowers for the crown? Which I read that, and, and I, I think it's God asking, will you give up the things of this life, the things that you think are beautiful, the things that you think will last for what will actually last? It's much, much like the thing that Jesus told the man, the rich young ruler, right? It's, it's much in the same. Will you give up the things of this earth so I can teach you about the things of the kingdom, so I can give you what your soul longs for? And I want to read you that poem, and, and, and we'll wrap it up. And this is called Obedience, written by George MacDonald. I said, let me walk in the fields. He said, no, walk in the town. I said, there are no flowers there. He said, no flowers but a crown. I said, but the skies are black. There is nothing but noise and din. And he wept as he sent me back. He said, no, there is more. There is sin. I said, but the air is thick and the fogs are veiling the sun. He answered, yet souls are sick and souls in the dark undone. I said, I shall miss the light and my friends will miss me, they say. He answered, choose tonight if I am to miss you or they. And this next little part, I literally have not stopped thinking about since I read it. He said, I pleaded for time to be given. He said, is it hard to decide? It will not seem so hard in heaven to have followed the steps of your guide. I cast one look at the fields, then I set my face to the town. He said, my child, do you yield? Will you leave the flowers for the crown? Then into his hand went mine, and to, into my heart came he. 
and I walk in a light divine, the path that I feared to see. My friends, there is only one thing that will satisfy your soul, and it's Jesus. And there is only one thing that makes life worth living. It's Jesus, and it's walking in obedience to him. Wherever he calls you to go, wherever he asks you to do, whatever it may cost you, it's always worth it. My friends, let's, let's leave the flowers behind. Because they may be beautiful now, but they will fade. They will not last forever. God's kingdom and his word and his love and his grace and his mercy will literally never end. Let's adopt that perspective. Let's treat people with that perspective. Let's care for people with that perspective. Because God, that part where he said God wept as he talked about that town of people who didn't know him. That's, that's who we got to be. That's who we got to be. And the beautiful part is we can because the man went towards the town and what happened? Him and God connected. God grabbed him by the hand and said, let's go. That's what God will do for you. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we love you and we just, we thank you for the moments that we get to share, Lord. And, and, and I just want to, I want to read Matthew 6, 19 through 21, it says, don't store your treasures here on earth where moths will eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store up your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. God, you told us that wherever our treasure is, the desires of our heart will be also. God, may we treasure you over everything. May we desire you over everything. God, may we give our heart to you and you alone. Because only you can satisfy our soul. Only you can give us the life we long for. Only you can give us the life we were created for. And God, we just, we can't do it without you. So I pray right now that by your spirit, you would help us to do that. That you would help us to turn away from the flowers and embrace the kingdom kingdom of God. God, I pray for anybody in this room who doesn't know you, but tonight is their night to start the first day of the rest of their life, to experience joy and peace that surpasses understanding, to experience purpose, purpose and love like they never have before. If that is you, I just want you to repeat after me, Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life that was you tonight, please come talk to me or Pastor Greg because we want to tell you more about what that means. We want to walk you through that. God, I pray for all of us here who do know you, but we've either given our heart to something else or we've, we've, we've been confused as if that wasn't enough. One of the most beautiful, underrated parts about that story is that Jesus gave that young man the opportunity to get his heart back. God, I pray that you give us the grace to do the same. If anything has our hearts, God, give us the grace to take it back and give it to you. God, for those of us who know you have our hearts, but we've been confused, we've, we've tried too hard, we've, we've believed that it was about us, teach us about your rest, teach us about your grace. 
Help us to just live and stay with you because your burden is easy and your yoke is light. God, we love you so much. Help us have this eternal perspective. God, give us your heart for people who don't know you. God, I love you so much. And I know a lot of people in here do. And I thank you for that. I thank you for that. God, we ask all these things in your precious and your holy name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We pray you allow this message to transform you to take what you learned and share the love of Jesus to those around you. You can stay informed and connected by following Discovery Point Church on all social media platforms. Thank you and God bless you.